Welcome to the Higher Ed Huddle, where we discuss the most relevant topics in higher ed today. I'm your host, Joe Trano, and on today's episode, my colleague Tina Bodie is joining me in a conversation with Jim Agard and Aaron Granberg from the University of Minnesota Foundation. Hi, Tina. How are you today? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? Good. I'm excited about this podcast. Uh, what can you tell us about our guest today? Well, uh, Jim is the Vice President of Information Systems, and he came to the foundation in 1985 um, from Arthur Anderson. Jim has led a number of functional areas at the foundation over his 37-year career, and one of his key responsibilities is overseeing their custom database of all university alumni, donors, prospects, and all the related systems necessary to support the activities of the foundation and its university partners. Aaron is an IT manager on Jim's team, and he's responsible for managing the foundation's information security program. Aaron came to the foundation in 2001 from Accenture with a background in technology support and system administration. Aaron has led many technology and information security initiatives over the years, and he's been leading the foundation's information security program since 2018. Wonderful. I think Jim and Aaron's journey will be relatable to many leaders in higher ed today. Um, can you share a little bit more about the relevance of their story and the valuable insight they bring? Well, the foundation is such a great example of how consistency and dedication to information security can really pay off. They've accomplished so much in the last four or five years, but it hasn't been overnight. It's been measured and thoughtful and consistent. They haven't taken their foot off the gas, but they haven't tried to bite off more than what's reasonable either. They first focused on remediating findings from an early cybersecurity risk assessment, uh, their immediate risks, and they took their time to implement the right solutions there. Having remediated those findings and more of a project-based approach, they wanted a framework and a structure to continuously drive their progress, but allow them to communicate to their leadership team and board who are consistently asking, like many others, how are your information security risks? What are they? And what is the foundation's exposure? It was a few years ago now that the foundation adopted a cybersecurity maturity framework. Uh, so instead of focusing only on findings, this maturity framework would provide them with a maturity rating or a score of their overall health of their cybersecurity program. And it also provided them direction for what their priorities should be each year on their continued journey for progress. I'm excited for Jim and Aaron to share with your listeners, Joe, about how this has changed and benefited the foundation, because I really think that reframing information security to focus on maturity can resonate with so many organizations and institutions out there. Wonderful. I agree. And I'm looking forward to this podcast with Jim and Aaron. Let's get started and welcome Jim and Aaron in. Hi, Jim and Aaron. Tina and I are excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having us on this podcast. We're excited to be here. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Tina. Um, in this episode, we will discuss your cybersecurity maturity journey, your focus on continuous improvement, and key takeaways for leaders. Let's start with your journey and what got you where you are today. So, Jim, can I ask you to start and maybe yeah. give us a, an overview of how you got to where you are today? Sure, I'd be happy to start. You know, our, our journey began um, five or six years ago when our Audit Committee um, expressed a desire for a deeper understanding of our cybersecurity risks and what we were planning to do about those risks to mitigate them. And so, you know, Aaron and I decided um, 
in order to meet that objective and be successful that we that we needed to engage a qualified independent third party to um, perform a risk assessment. And that assessment identified a number of, of things and opportunities to strengthen our cybersecurity posture. And it took at least two years um, of, of full-time work to, to implement the recommended changes. And then after that initial um, engagement, uh, the focus over the last few years has been to establish a cybersecurity program and a framework that ensures we're following industry best practices. And it, it also provides us, we're looking for a way to communicate our maturity and, and our priorities to our audit committee. Um, and I'll just have to say that we relied heavily on our third-party consultant to help us establish an event and advance our, our program to date. Um, and, you know, through this journey, continuous improvement was, was, was a key objective. Um, and so our plan is to continue the cadence that we've established and, and get reassessed and scored each spring by a third party. Um, we're kind of following the model like, like um, financial audits happen uh, with, with external third parties um, historically. So we're kind of following that model and it's, and it's worked well. As part of this journey, one of our primary challenges historically has been communicating cybersecurity progress and priorities to our board and specifically the audit committee, which I've mentioned, um, they're charged in our, um, at our foundation with, with uh, governance oversight of cybersecurity. So for example, they wanna know what our risks are, what, what's our plan to mitigate those risks? Are we working on the right priorities? How do we measure progress? Um, do we have the right resources um, to do what we need to do? An important part of this journey is you know, and our, and our consultants helped us um, with, with the framework that uh, provides a dashboard as a tool for showing um, our cybersecurity status and, and how we're doing. Um, and another challenge was that our audit committee members routinely changed and we struggled to maintain continuity on communicating with these new members. For these new people, we, we ended up uh, it's worked well. We do an orientation session with them, and we take them through the dashboard. Um, we talk about where we are on the maturity scale, where we want to be in the short term, which is um, this current fiscal year or the current fiscal year that we're in, and then where we want to be long term. I appreciate the comment regarding uh, maintaining continuity with the committee members. How, how has that worked out with some of those initiatives that you have started? You know, it, it's good. It's been really good. Um, you know, we just, we just had a changing of the guard, um, you know, this, this fall and, you know, so we welcome two or three, um, new members on as well as, you know, uh, uh, the person that heads up our internal audit function at the universities on the audit committee and, that was a new role too. So, you know, we took, took, took them through, took him through the, the, the orientation too. So, so, so far it's worked really well. Aaron, can you speak to how our cybersecurity programs impacted your work? Sure. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Jim. You know, 
There are so many aspects to cybersecurity and so much effort that goes into maintaining and advancing an organization's cybersecurity posture. You know, everything from policies and identity and access management, training and awareness, network and system security, vendor security, you know, all these things, um, the cybersecurity framework really provides, you know, the best practices in all these areas and more. So we've implemented our cybersecurity program, and it's really helped to inform our priorities and also to guide our project plans. Uh, in addition, the program has helped us inform our staffing decisions. You know, do we have the right expertise on the team to perform certain functions? Are we staffed sufficiently to sustain our program? You know, anytime we implement something new to improve our cybersecurity posture, we're going to have to maintain that work moving forward. And as we've advanced our cybersecurity program, we've added staff and we've expanded the responsibilities of some of our existing staff. That's great, Aaron and, and Jim. I know you've uh, accomplished quite a lot over the last few years, and we appreciate you uh, taking us on that journey a little bit. Um, as you mentioned, I know remediating those initial findings from the risk assessment was initially a concern for you, um, and then you accomplished that, right? Uh, you checked those boxes and um, you remediated those early findings, but you were continuously driven by progress. And I'd love it if you would share a little bit, um, Aaron, maybe we can start with you about what drives your team to focus on progress continuously. Well, just speaking for myself, I have a very strong commitment to protecting our donors' information. You know, the success of the foundation depends on, to a large extent, that we are good stewards of their generous donations and that we protect their information at the highest level. A security breach could harm the reputation of the university and the foundation and ultimately harm our ability to raise money. So we're very motivated to build secure practices and promote security among foundation staff and the university-wide development community. To, to really minimize the likelihood of a security breach as much as possible. Absolutely. And I know, Jim, as you mentioned, um, a driver for you has been building that stronger relationship with your board and audit committee um, and also uh, facing a little bit of a increased uh, accountability um, from leadership. Could you elaborate on that for us a little bit? Yeah, I'd, I'd be glad to. Um, you know, from my perspective, uh, it's all about building confidence and earning trust with our board um, and my boss, who's the CEO of the foundation, and then you know our senior foundation leadership team. Um, through our enterprise risk program, um, you know our board and leadership consistently identifies cybersecurity as the highest risk to the organization. So, um, you know we've we've worked really hard to build confidence with our board by ensuring that we have a program in place and that we're addressing the highest risk to the organization and, and you know, that we're, that we're going to keep doing this. We're dedicated to, you know, to this culture of continuous improvement. Um, and while cybersecurity is on uh, an agenda item for every audit committee meeting, um, our May meeting, is dedicated to, to reporting progress over the past year towards our stated goals. And, and we're held accountable, um, like you mentioned, Tina, which is a powerful motivation um, for Aaron and I and our, our team, our whole IS team that contributes to this. 
Sure. I can certainly see accountability, right, as, as a motivator, but you've certainly come a long way. Um, and you've dedicated a, a number of resources and hours to making information security and cybersecurity a priority. Um, so I know accountability is not the only driver, right? Um, what have been some of the benefits that you've seen as a result of your work and progress that you've made? Well, thankfully, um, and maybe most importantly, we've, you know, we've definitely um, increased confidence and trust with our board. And I would attribute you know, the success that we've had to, to a number of things. Um, you know, first, you know, the, the dashboard that we, that we use has been really effective for predictably communicating progress and priorities on an ongoing basis. And, you know, the maturity that is on that dashboard, that's a big part of the dashboard. So it's been a great metric for showing progress and it, and it takes a cybersecurity language into something that's, more tangible and measurable, which they like. I mean, it's it's much better than just communicating technical findings that are that are hard for um, most people to understand. And you know, second, we you know we've got this regular um, cadence of communication, um, which has been really valuable. And you know, as I mentioned, once a year, it's it's the primary topic at the audit committee meeting. So. Keeping it front and center um, um, in mind is has been um, very valuable. Um, you know, mentioned to Joe that we've established a cybersecurity training for new board members. So our board, um, and, a, and especially our, our entire board, which is about 45, and our audit committee that's, you know, a, about a dozen, um, all understand our program. They understand what our goals are and, and, and what the priorities are and, and how we're doing against those. And, you know, um, for the, for the foundation's goal setting, cybersecurity always makes the short list of board level goals that we have each fiscal year. So we get that results in great alignment across the foundation leadership and all the functions um, and the continuity uh, helps to keep um, cybersecurity front and center uh, with the whole organization. Um, the, another big benefit is continuous improvement. It, you know, our, our leadership understands the effort and the resources it takes to advance the maturity. Um, for new priorities, as well as maintaining all the progress that we've made um, in past fiscal years. So they understand it's not like a project uh, that has a start and end date. It's cumulative and it's ongoing and it's, it's, it's doing a lot of little things well um, all the time. And I think that education, time. Jim, is, is part of what has been impactful to your journey, right? You went from remediating risks initially to wanting to kind of check boxes and kind of put things on the shelf. We've done that, right? Um, yeah. And now you've transitioned into a more incremental, continuous journey, which is a different set of setting expectations with your leadership and what that looks like, right? Um, and I think as, as we all know, you know, it, it, you get some quick wins early on, you really see progress, but the hard stuff's always on the back end and, and change and progress sometimes yep. uh, looks a little different on the back end than in the early end when you're making changes. You know, that's exactly right, T. 
2018. And I, I would, I would say that, I would say that, um, you know, having a structure in place, Aaron mentioned that, but that, that structure in place is key to, um, sustainability and, um, and without that structure, it becomes more of a sort of a project-based approach that is, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't achieve, uh, doesn't advance your maturity like, like, like a structure that would be in place. So I, I, I think that's really important. And that structure, Jim, right, that's something that has been able to ground your leadership and your boards to where you are on your overall journey and making progress. And I think that's, you know, an important benefit um, that has been the outcome of, of where you've been. And um, how about you, Aaron? Um, what are some benefits that you've seen that have stood out to you? Well, one benefit that I've seen uh, that really stands out is how cybersecurity has become embedded into the culture of the foundation. You know, we have the full support from our board of trustees and, you know, the commitment to cybersecurity is modeled by our CEO and the rest of the senior leadership. Uh, security, it's, it's featured at all of our, you know, it's featured at our all staff meetings. You know, we work with our internal communications team to keep staff posted on happenings in cybersecurity. And we've implemented a training and awareness program that you know, it's as, it's as fun as cybersecurity can be for a non-technical staff, and, and it's also informative. Um, and that so- fun aspect, Aaron, right? You mentioned recently you had some Halloween-inspired uh, sessions and some, and maybe share a little bit with the listeners about that room you were telling me about that you set up, that scavenger hunt. Yeah, you know, we called it a cybersecurity disaster room where people were invited to come in and into this room that had all kinds of uh, cybersecurity problems in it. You know, everything from computers with uh, post-it notes with passwords on it, um, you know, pretend fake and fake private data sitting in a printer and, uh, you know, credit cards laying on the floor. So it was, it was fun for staff to be able to go in there, come up with a list. And we even had a little contest with whoever identified the most problems won a won a little prize. So it was a great way to uh you know further ingrain cybersecurity into the culture of the organization and to make it fun. I love that. Um and I think you mentioned one of the other aspects has been your your working relationship with universities information security. Yeah, yeah, the university has a very talented information security team and you know we we leverage their expertise on a wide range of cybersecurity topics. We also utilize their security services, which greatly strengthens the foundation's cybersecurity posture. And then, you know, and just as importantly, you know, we coordinate our efforts with the university's information security team, um, you know, because, you know, university fundraising, you know, it doesn't only happen at the foundation, it happens throughout the university. So it's critical that we align our policies, our training, our instant handling, you know, those things are all aligned and coordinated with the uh, with the university's information security team. I know, uh, Aaron, you and Jim, um, you certainly have, uh, you know, explored and shared with us, you know, the importance of prioritizing information security and how your leadership and their support has contributed to your accomplishments. But you certainly wouldn't have been able to accomplish that on your own, uh, as talented <laughs> as you both are. 
how do you get your IT staff to, to follow through and, and be engaged and achieve the plans and targets that you've identified? Well, first of all, I'm very lucky to work with great people who are very talented technologists. You know, they care about the university, they care about our donors, and they're passionate about cybersecurity. So they're intrinsically motivated. And you need to have people on your team like that. You know, you also need clearly defined goals, you know, good project plans. You know, one thing that's been very important for us is having regular scheduled check-ins with our third-party consultant to talk about our progress and verify that we're on the right track. And then, you know, another motivator, as Jim had mentioned early, earlier, is that our cybersecurity program's maturity is assessed and scored annually and reported at our audit committee. So, you know, there's a big spotlight on the work that we're doing. And I think, you know, we've seen that in the way that, you know, we've seen the engagement of your staff in owning projects and designing projects to achieve those goals. I think you've done a great job in incorporating uh, IT staff in solutions um, rather than distributing those to them. And I think that's helped to make the best use of their expertise, but also help to um, motivate them to achieve those goals. So that's great. Thank you. And Joe, I know you had a couple of questions as well for the team. Yeah, I appreciate, uh, Aaron, what you and Jim have shared uh, so far. Um, really interesting and wonderful progress that you've made and um, some of the initiatives and challenges that you have faced um, over the years. I'm interested in what you feel would be relevant around the higher education landscape today. And Jim, maybe you can you can share your thoughts and perspectives around that. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to, Joe. Um, you know, there's a number of them. Uh, I think maybe at the top of the list um, is is vendor uh, risk management is um, has been uh, and will continue to be sort of one of those areas that uh, you know exposes a foundation like ours to a lot of risk. Um, we we. We do a lot of, um, you know, vetting of prospects, put them through uh, a process to to um, evaluate those. But but you know, there's been a lot of breaches in the in the vendor space in all industries, not in, including the fundraising space. So um, I would maybe put that up at the top of the list. Um, and Jim, really, I think an important thing to highlight there is, right, is you were you were doing stuff around vendor due diligence and you have been for a while, right? But mm -hmm. I think one of the realizations um, throughout this work that we've been doing with maturity is it's increasing importance in today's age and maybe maturing and adapting to catch up to all the risks that we hear about in the news um, and how to ramp up the attention and due diligence um, for that area, right? Absolutely. You know, the, the challenge of attracting, you know, and retaining cybersecurity talent, it, it, it's a very competitive environment. You know, we're looking for people that, like Aaron said, that are, you know, that are motivated to work in higher ed, uh, which slims the pool down too. Um, we're competing with, you know, at least in Minneapolis, we're competing with, you know, the targets and the 3Ms and a lot of different companies here. So that's a challenge. I think for the folks on, on the podcast, the decentralized nature of higher ed and the philosophy of having data available and it's going to be shared is 
you know, directly at odds with uh, cybersecurity. And so we're constantly balancing access with protecting data. And it's, it's an everyday um, challenge. I'll, I'll say that. Um, we've, we've come a long way and, and I, we're in a great spot now, but that's, we're constantly challenged on, on that um, position that we've, that we've taken. Um, and I'd say that another one is that I've noticed the last few years is the challenge of, of securing cybersecurity insurance is increasing and, and along with the cost, of course, and especially like for foundations uh, like ours that utilize a lot of university services, um, carriers have a hard time delineating boundaries. And as a result, there's a significant amount of gray area that they have to factor into with their underwriting. And, and some carriers are just not willing to do that. So, um, you know, the, the number of companies that, that want to get into the space, um, you know, is not as big as we'd hoped, you know. I know, um, you know, Joe mentioned in the bios and the intros, you, you know, you're a veteran in this and in, in both in IT leadership and your um, history with uh, the university and the foundation, certainly. Um, we'd love to hear from you about what insights you would give uh, a new a new IT leader uh, to be successful. Um, some of your takeaways on what has worked well for you in your career. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first if that's okay, Aaron. I think that the most important thing that we did early on was is is to engage a third party expert and be and have a partner that we could use on this journey. It it it's made a, a huge difference. Um, and you know, I don't I don't think we'd be where we're at today without that without that guidance. Um, and I think you know having a framework um, that 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 guides your priorities and and helps you communicate progress to your leadership is has been another really key um, piece of advice I would give a new leader. Aaron, what what do you think? I mean, you you see some of the same things, but what what's your perspective? Well, I talked about it a little earlier, but just the importance of infusing cybersecurity into the culture of the organization. And I mean, that's, that's such a critical uh, part to advancing cybersecurity. And it has to really come from the top down. It has to be owned by leadership and, and ultimately embraced by everybody because cybersecurity is everyone's responsibility. It's not just something that IT does. Um, so that that's one you know, another one, obviously, for a higher ed foundation like us, having that collaborative partnership with, uh, you know, with the, with the overall university, um, IT and cybersecurity uh, teams. And, and I think, finally, don't underestimate the effort to sustain a cybersecurity program. I mean, basically, everything that you do, you're going to continue doing it on into the future. And uh, so you just have to be staffed and prepared to to sustain that. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to maintain it in the long run. Yeah, I think um, I can appreciate uh, what you've shared, and and certainly having the the support and buy-in from the board, I think, is really key. I think, Aaron, you you talked about from the top down. I mean, it has to be part of the culture of the organization to be successful in 
in supporting cybersecurity um, initiatives and programs really to to reduce the risk as much as possible to really any organization, whether it's a foundation, whether it's a an institution, um, it, it's really key. And I, I really appreciate what what the two of you have shared today in our in our uh, podcast. Uh, I know Gina had some really good questions, and we uh, we we really are appreciative of your time. And it was really good to hear the success uh, that you've had and and some of the work that you have been doing over the years has been really incredible. And I think it's certainly um, some key takeaways that I heard and and certainly our listeners uh, can pick up uh, some really good thoughts and perspectives that you've shared and really some really good insight on what some initiatives are that they can apply to their organizations. And I think um, the foundation is very, uh, very uh, thoughtful and um, having the two of you support them uh, is is wonderful for them. Um, and I want to thank you for your time. And I'll ask Tina if she has any departing thoughts, and then we can wrap up our time together. We really appreciate it. No, I think uh, Jim and Aaron, uh, you know, what um, the journey that you've all been through over the last few years, um, you've really taken the bull by the horns, I would say, in terms of uh, addressing initial uh, gaps that were identified as part of your initial risk assessment, but taking and translating that into a framework that you can live and drive with every single day um, and, and propel your maturity. I think Aaron's point that every day is sustainable, right? Just because you're not checking off a remediation item doesn't mean you're not doing anything um, <laughs> with cybersecurity, right? No news is yeah. often good news, but it's a lot of work to get to no news, right? So I think that framework for maturity that you've established and those reassessments that you do allows your board and leadership to see that you are maintaining a level of maturity. Just because you're not on an action plan driven remediation, you're still there. And that takes energy and resources and work for your team. So I think that's a, a valuable uh, takeaway and communication tool and progress metric that you've established for the foundation. Well, thanks very much, Tina and Joe. It's been our pleasure to be on the podcast today. And thank you very much. Thank you. We great. Thank you. Time. Jim and Aaron, the foundation is such a great example of how much you've accomplished in a thoughtful and consistent way. We appreciate you joining us today and sharing your insights on how consistency and dedication to information security can really pay off. We believe our listeners will find a lot of value from our time together. So thank you. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple iTunes. Check back next month for another great topic and a great guest. Until then, stay well.